And on the phone with me is Caitlin Webb with the Forest Service. Caitlin, good morning. Good morning. Very nice to be able to talk to you today. Appreciate you calling in. So uh, let's talk about fire season because uh, prescribed burns have already started. Where are we at in the progress and are there any scheduled for today? Yeah, this year we are well into spring prescribed fire season already. We've accomplished about 3,000 acres across the forest. We do have some prescribed burning planned on the forest today if conditions remain favorable. We haven't started those test fires yet, but we do plan to ignite up to 250 acres today northeast of Lapine along Polina Lake Road out near Six Mile Snow Park. Okay. And the this prescribed burn season goes on until what kind of conditions prevail? When does it end? It depends on the year. So there isn't necessarily a date that ends prescribed fire season. It's more conditions. We tend to run from early April to mid-June, but again, it depends on the year, and we will burn until conditions aren't favorable, so fuels become too dry for it to be safe to do so, or other weather conditions mean that we, we would not have the prescription that we need to safely prescribe burn and also have those effects that we're looking for when we are burning. Are prescribed burns a policy of all national forests in Oregon and all national forests across the country, or do different areas manage uh, their fire seasons differently? Well, it depends on the forest type and the ecosystem. Prescribed burning is a tool that many forests utilize to help with forest restoration and reduce wildfire risk. But again, the frequency, the intensity, And the time of year does vary significantly depending on where you are and the vegetation type that you'd be talking about. And the, uh, is uh, smoke management taken into consideration? Because I know sisters got hit really hard, uh, I believe, last month. Yes. Yeah, that is a major consideration for us, and we, we take it really seriously. All of our burns have to be in compliance with Oregon Department of Forestry smoke management standards. And we are in close coordination with them leading up to a burn and even during. So even when we are out on a day like today preparing to burn, we'll be sending them conditions on the ground, including the wind direction, whether or not the wind is lifting up and out, so that we have an idea of where that smoke will carry, whether it will move up and away from communities, whether we expect it to lay down in communities. And we are doing our best to make sure that the smoke is moving away and we are minimizing those impacts to the communities nearby. Or at least trying to. Yes. You can, yep. you can only do what you can do. So that these burns don't take people by surprise. Is there a way that folks can kind of find out ahead of time what the plan is? Absolutely. There's a couple great resources. They can get text alerts. If you text COFIRE to 888-777, then you can get text alerts about any understory prescribed burns that are happening across the Deschutes. You can also visit Central Oregon Fire Info, and that website provides updates on when prescribed burns are planned on the Deschutes and also across Central Oregon, and also our Twitter, Central Oregon Fire Info. That has great updates that we keep very frequent information on. This has been an unusual recreation season for spring. 
Some folks had campsites reserved that they could not get into due to long-lasting snow, which meant you guys couldn't get up there and prep it beforehand as well. So how is this year uh, maybe a little different than other uh, years that we've seen recently? We did have a, a heavy spring snowfall, which definitely delayed some campground openings and access to some of those popular sites. When we have snowfall like we did this year, we as staff aren't even able to get up there and prepare the sites for folks to safely recreate. So a few of the activities that we want to make sure we're doing before folks are out recreating or camping in a site is making sure that all hazard trees are identified and removed and performing any annual maintenance on facilities and infrastructure. And our staff has been working as hard as they can as soon as we have access to sites and campgrounds to make sure that we are out there making those assessments and making sure the maintenance is performed so that folks can get out there safely to their favorite locations as soon as possible. All right. And folks need to realize that Forest Service roads are not plowed or maintained during snowy weather. That's very true. It's it's a little bit on, on them in terms of being out there when those conditions are wintry or when we have the, the late snow that we did this year and conditions are still melting. Yeah, or as Crook County Search and Rescue has discovered, it's on them. Uh, Crook County, obviously not part of Deschutes National Forest, but still uh, people out in the wilderness and getting stuck in very muddy, slushy conditions and having to be rescued. It's been a lot of that happened this year. So um, the wilderness permit system, tell me what that is and how this year may be different from previous years. Well, the Central Cascades Wilderness Permit System is the same this year as it was last year. The system does go into effect Thursday, June 15th, which is just right around the corner, and it runs through October 15th. And what that means is that permits are required for all overnight stays in Mount Jefferson, Mount Washington, and Three Sisters Wilderness areas, and day-use permits are also required for 19 out of 79 of those trailheads within those same three wilderness areas. So it's important for folks to be planning ahead, and all of those permits can be reserved through recreation.gov. Are there boxes at the trailhead that you pull permits out of these days, or is it all over the phone? How, how is that done? Nope, it's all online. All permits need to be reserved through recreation.gov. So if there were a specific trail, for example, that you wanted to go hike and it fell into one of those 19 of 79, you would need to go online to recreation.gov, search that trail, and see if there are permits available. If there are, then you can go ahead and reserve that if it's still available, and then you would be good to go. So what conditions would cause a permit to not be available? If all of the permits have already been taken up. And the purpose of that? Why, do we, Sorry, why, are, we limit, why are we limiting access? So it is to protect the wilderness area, so to protect the natural resource, and also limit the number of folks that are out there at the same time. There's only so much capacity for these areas, and we want to make sure that we're not overusing or creating damage to these wilderness areas. And for the um, campgrounds that aren't yet open, people might go back in there, but Uh, even if they can get to them, they're still not supposed to be camping in there, right? 
That is correct. That's a great point. If if the public is going into campsites or recreation sites that haven't been opened yet, it can actually delay opening even longer because if we have the public in there, we're not able to safely go in and, for example, move hazard trees. So we need to make sure that those campsites and locations that are closed folks are not in there so that we're able to conduct that preseason work that we need to so we can get them opened up as soon as possible. Our highs next couple of days in the mid-80s, and I would think that we're going to start seeing our forest fire level, uh, danger level, continue to go up. What kind of um, advice do you have for uh, wildfire prevention? It's really important for folks to start thinking about human-caused wildfire prevention. We are having those hotter, drier days which means fuels are drying out and they're much more susceptible to ignition. We actually had a number of abandoned campfires, five of them, over the holiday weekend. And so what I would stress is that if you are headed out to camp, it's a great time of year for that. Folks are really excited to get back into it. Please make sure that you never leave a campfire unattended. And in order to make sure it's safely and completely put out, you need to drown, stir, and seal which means pour water on it, mix that in, and then make sure that it's cool to the touch before you walk away from a campfire. And am I correct in uh, understanding that one of those fires was actually flame still in the fire pit? You're correct. There were still active flames in one of those abandoned campfire pits. Wow. All right. really lucky that our folks caught it. Yeah, absolutely. Caitlin Webb with the Forest Service. Caitlin, thank you so much. Is there a website people should go to to visit? Yes, Deschutes National Forest is the website that folks can get all the information they need regarding the forest. All righty. Thank you so much. You have a great day. You too. Bye. Caitlin Webb with the Forest Service here on KBND.